0: Hello, and welcome back to the show. So I'm super excited to have my guest, Heather, with me today. And she is an expert in real estate funds and investing in real estate funds. She is actually the head of funding for Secured Investments, one of the fastest growing companies in the private money market for real estate investments. So we are going to be talking all about the benefits of investing in real estate funds, how you can make passive income In real estate through these these funds and some of the alternatives uh, for real estate investing that are out there and comparing it with each other. So without further ado, I want to welcome my guest, Heather. Heather, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me, Kobe. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I am excited to have you here. So before we get into, uh, I guess, the specifics of investing in funds and residential real estate funds, would you mind just kind of sharing your story a little bit as far as how you got into this space, how you got into real estate? What was it that kind of drove you to uh, be in the position of an expert that you are today?
1: Yeah. So uh, a little bit about myself. Um, I did not plan on doing this. (laughs) I went to college to be a teacher. Um, my parents were savvy real estate investors. You know, they, they created wealth for themselves um, through buying and selling real estate, mainly unimproved land, um, which is a little different than what we focus on. But regardless, you know, I, I saw the ability and opportunities that they had created for themselves and our family you know, through buying real estate. Um, and so after I graduated from college, um, my husband and I started a family. Uh, and, uh, you know, we decided at that time that I was going to stay home with the kids until they were in school full time. And then once they went in school full time, I had a friend that worked for a private lender and, uh, asked me to come on board and work with him. And at that time, honestly, I had no idea what private lending was. Um, I always was taught that if you were going to buy real estate, you went to your bank to get a loan if you needed funding for that real estate transaction, whether that was your primary residence or an investment property. And I was taught that if you had money to invest, you called your financial advisor or your money manager. And that's just what people did. So um, long story short, I, I went to work for a private lender 18, almost 19 years ago, and honestly was was mind blowing. I mean, I, I walked into this office and they're funding deals for real estate investors outside of your traditional sources like a bank and then they're working with clients that had money that were investing money with them that were earning, you know, double digit returns on their capital and it wasn't invested in the stock market it was invested in investments that were backed by real estate and so you know the exposure that i got there to this world was you know that the the possibilities are unlimited you know just because You don't have enough capital, but if you have a good deal, there's opportunity to get it funded and that there were other options outside of the stock market and your traditional investment opportunities. And so, you know, fast forward 18 years, um, I am honored and feel lucky that I've been able to work with all these different types of clients um, that I've helped them to get financial freedom. You know, they've been able to create generational wealth for themselves and their families um, and put their money to work. Um, you know, we've been able to help our active clients that are out actually buying the real estate, get the funding that they need. Um, but ultimately the goal for all of them is just to get to this place financially where they're not a slave to their jobs and their money's working for them. And so, uh, my journey, I did not set out on this journey originally, but, you know, um, am thankful that I have done this and, you know, it's also Provided me an opportunity for myself and my family to be real estate investors to passively invest, and so just feel really fortunate to be where I am today.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think for a lot of people who are in real estate, um, they're really excited and not not just about you know helping themselves build wealth, but also helping others. Right? I think there's a lot of collaboration when it comes to investing a lot of different people are able to benefit from, you know, just one deal. So I think when, you know, when you're talking about investing in real estate, there's really kind of two types of, I guess, investors that are out there. And there's the active investor, like you mentioned, who are out there getting the deals. Maybe they're the ones that need the funding. And then there's the other side of it, which is the passive investor who is kind of providing the money and providing the funding as well. So would you mind kind of just touching on the the differences there and maybe, you know, what most people are really kind of looking for and, you know, what, what are the benefits of each?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. There's, there's, there's two ways to look at it. There's our active clients and sometimes they're both, you know, in full disclosure, I have clients that do both, you know? And so typically what you tend to see is your new investors. So someone that's getting just started in real estate, you know, they're going to be more of our active clients. They're the people that are boots on the ground. They're out there, they're finding the deals, they're getting the deals under contract, they're rehabbing them, and they're either exiting our loans uh, by selling the properties, or what we're starting to see right now in this current market is because you know uh, uh, the interest rates are so high, um, we're starting to see a lot of clients hold these types of assets and rent them. So sometimes they'll, they'll hold the property and rent it. But like I, like I tell people, those are people that are dealing with tenants, toilets, and contractors. You know? And then on the flip side of it, a lot of our clients that are very passive are typically passive for one of two reasons. Either they don't have enough capital to get started to be active. You know, maybe they've got a small dollar amount in an IRA that they set up, You know, $5,000. It doesn't mean that they can't be an active real estate investor, but a lot of times they will gravitate towards something that's more passive. Um, that's backed by real estate. So they really are real estate investors. They're just real estate investors in a passive capacity. Or we have high net worth individuals that many times what we're finding is they've made wealth for themselves through real estate. They've owned real estate. They've sold it. We deal with a lot of dentists that will sell their practices in addition to selling their building, which is real estate. you know. And so these types of clients Are at a place in their lives financially, and maybe it's an age thing, you know, where they're of the opinion that they want their money working for them. They wanted it invested in real estate, but they don't want that call in the middle of the night from a tenant telling them that their toilet's plugged up. You know, they want an operator like us to manage it for them. That's what makes them feel safe and secure. It's backed by real estate, they're aligned with a great operator with an amazing track record they reap the benefits of it but they don't have any headaches from it so you know again i i can't stress enough sometimes it's both you know we have very successful active people that borrow money from us that are starting to make a lot of money and now they're in turn passively investing it in a passive and we we tell people all the time have multiple streams of income do not just rely on your day job, you know, and that's no different, right? Maybe they're actively out brokering loans, or they're actively buying and selling real estate. And now they're looking to start passively investing those dollars and keep that money working
0: for them. Right, absolutely. And I think that's a big distinction, right between, you know, the active and passive investors that you can and really, you should have both Uh, streams of that, uh, of that income and get the benefits uh, of both sides of that, right, because one of them is going to be more of an active euro, you're trading your time out of the a passive income business or to, um, to build, you know, a flipping operation. But once you get that money, right, also putting that money to work by investing it into, you know, funds like the one that uh, you're working with. Right. Yeah. 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 So one of the questions I think a lot of people will have, and I think, you know, looking at, you know, these different types of investments, as far as where to put their money at, is, you know, the benefits of maybe investing in a residential real estate fund. So if you don't mind just kind of touching a little bit on maybe what are some of the benefits, especially compared to some of the other more popular, uh, maybe even real estate uh, related uh, investment opportunities out there that are also passive, such as syndications, and uh, maybe just you know, doing private money lending kind of on their own as well?
1: Yeah, well, I think the first thing is to to talk about what the difference is, right? And you mentioned syndications and syndications are very common out there. And really what you're going to see typically in a syndication is a syndication is a single asset fund, right? They have, I, the operator has identified a project, maybe it's a multifamily apartment complex, maybe it's a commercial property, self-storage. But typically, they hold a single asset within that entity structure, right? It's a syndication. Um, our fund is a is not technically a syndication, but it is a multi-asset fund. And what I mean by that is, we lend money out. So if we've got a million dollars in our fund, and our average loan is, you know, hundred thousand dollars, we potentially could have. 10 loans originated out of that fund. That means we have taken a first lien position against 10 different assets. Again, we focus on residential, so single family up to four units. Um, And I think that's one of the biggest differences, right, is I believe that you have a little bit more diversification in a fund like ours you know it is not just a single asset it doesn't mean that a syndication is not a great opportunity because they are and and we do syndications but specifically the funds i'm talking about today these are multi-asset funds in these these types of fund environments um i think the benefit is and you mentioned it just a minute ago is some people do private lending themselves i mean i get calls from guys all day Hey, I, you know, I'm a private lender in my local market, but the deals have dried up. Like I can't find any deals to deploy my capital. We're a much bigger operation, right? We pay marketing dollars. We, you know, we put on education classes. We're on podcasts. We're on webinars. Your one-off guys aren't doing that, you know? And so when they're a couple of guys in their local markets, deals dry up, you know, they don't have typically those guys don't have the buying power someone like us does or the ability to market like we do. So I think one of the big benefits is we have constant deal flow. You know, I don't know about you, Kobe, but one of the things I hear from clients is they, they honestly get upset that they get paid off on deals sometimes. <laughs> you know, they're like, I hate it because then I have to find another home for it. That's another big benefit of the fund is their money's always deployed. They're not lending money out to their local guy, their local local guy pays them off. And then it takes that guy six months to find another deal. And time is money, right? Their money sitting there undeployed is dragging down their yields. That's another big benefit to investing in a fund environment is you're aligning yourself with an operator that has good deal flow and your money's always fully deployed. And then the last thing I would touch on is some investors, there's two types of investors also. They're either looking for cash flow or they're looking to grow their wealth not that that doesn't grow their wealth but you have some clients that are like hey i retired i don't want to deplete my you know nest egg that i've created but i want my money working for me and that is a very real opportunity i have tons of clients that have capital they've saved their whole lives their careers and now they're living the same lifestyle that they did when they had active income but they're letting their money work for them and they're not depleting their nest egg. Like my mother-in-law did. It's like, you know, my, my mother-in-law was set up with a financial advisor. She goes, well, I take a distribution every month. I'm like, you are depleting your capital. You're getting like 3% on your money. And this guy's making you feel warm and fuzzy about it because he's giving you your money back. What are you going to do when that money runs out? You know, so there there's the ability to create cash flow, which some of our clients are looking for. And you can do that in the fund. You can get monthly earnings paid out. And people love that. I also have other people that are typically a younger generation. And they're like, hey, I got a full-time job. I don't need the cash flow, but I want my money working for me. And I want to set that up in a growth mode environment where when I get paid out my monthly earnings from you, I want those dollars rolled right back into my account. And I want to compound my, my interest. There's opportunity for that, and that's another big benefit of the fund. If any of you guys are on the the podcast that use self-directed IRAs or anything like that, that's one of the challenges people have with them is they move their money over to these self-directed accounts, which are great because now you can dictate where you're going to invest it, and and there's a lot of other opportunities outside what your financial advisor is going to tell you. But one of the challenges with that is you're going to get paid earnings, and then you got to find another home for it. Well, when you get paid monthly earnings, they're typically small dollars. You know, it depends on what you're investing your original capital is. But if you set your account up in growth mode, now your investment's rolling back into your equity here. It's growing. It's compounding. And you don't have this loose change sitting in your IRA account that you're getting charged fees for. So, you know, opportunities are cash flow ability to reinvest. And then also, like I said, keep your money working for you all the time.
0: Right, absolutely. There's a lot that you can do, especially, I think, with this type of environment, like you mentioned, where, you know, you're, you have a little bit more flexibility than you would if you were to, let's just say, kind of do it on your own. Or, you know, the big one, I think very popular right now is syndications, where there's a completely different strategy, almost, you know, I think maybe a little bit more passive, but uh, you're not getting uh, those distributions. You're not able to, essentially, uh, have this almost be like an evergreen investment where you can just put your money there, set it up, and then have a compound over, you know, your career, so that way you can have some, you know, have some wealth built up or a lot of wealth built up by the end of it, and then you know maybe even take that and and use it as the uh, the cash flow of strategy, like you mentioned as well. So I think there's a big difference there. So I know as far as yeah.
1: Uh, the other big difference with a syndication is your money is going to be tied up longer. Um, our funds have a 12-month tie-up period. Most syndications are three to five years, if not longer.
0: Right. Absolutely. And that's, I think that goes back to the, uh, the, the ability to be more flexible with your with your money, right? Because now that you know you put your money there for three to five years, you don't really know what's going to happen. And you can't move it around as much as, as you would if you were to invest in a fund. Yeah. So I think one of the other questions people might have as far as, you know, just understanding the two different strategies that you brought up as far as being able to compound and grow your wealth uh, using the fund strategy versus, you know, the cash flow strategy is, you know, if they're going to go the direction of, you know, compounding their interest in the fund and keeping the money in there and reinvesting it, they want to know, you know, pretty much, I guess, how much they should be uh, investing in there versus how much they should be taking it out versus, you know, Putting their money into maybe a savings account or something, and they want to understand the risks involved uh, with that. So, when you maybe you can touch on a little bit is that, you know, as far as why having a real estate based fund is a little bit more actually uh, safer than it is to invest it in other things like you mentioned the stock market uh, earlier on, which I think most people are uh, more used to, if you will.
1: Oh well, yeah, and I think you don't know what you don't know, right? Like I mentioned earlier that's what my parents did i thought that's just what you did i didn't know there was other options you know i think really it just boils down to one thing when you invest in a real estate fund you're investing in an investment with tangible assets when you're investing in the stock market you're typically investing in companies you know if that company goes sideways and bankrupts and closes you have nothing you know and we've all experienced that i've experienced that in my 401k You know. Um, I think it's important to diversify I'm not here to say, pull all your money out of the stock market. I'm not a financial advisor. Um, but what I am here to say and, and, and encourage people to do is diversify. You know, if you have a little bit of both, um, in your portfolio, I think that's the best policy, but again, real estate funds, whether it's a syndication or a fund like ours, it's a tangible asset. When you invest in a syndication or you invest in a fund like ours, you are investing in an LLC. You are an equity owner in that LLC. And all those assets, if we're lending the money, it's a first lien against that piece of real estate. The fund owns that. You're an equity owner in that. If we're buying real estate, the fund owns that real estate. Again, you're an equity owner. So do you want to be invested in something that has a tangible asset? Even if markets shift, you can ride markets out with real estate. Real estate is one of the best investments out there. Look at Warren Buffett. Look at all these guys. You know, They all have made wealth through real estate. Or do you want to hedge a bet on a company? Um, and again, I'm not here to say don't invest in the stock market. I'm just saying that adding some tangible assets into your investment portfolio is important. Um, so that's the biggest difference. They're tangible assets. It's real estate. We like the residential real estate space because we know it. That's what we feel like we're the best at. Um, and um, we feel like you can ride out residential markets. You know, right now we're seeing some shifts in the markets with interest rates being as high as they have been. People aren't buying as much as they were, um, but there's still opportunity because typically in a downturn market, they joke that real estate investors turn into landlords because rents go up. So there's always opportunity with real estate and you can pivot quicker, right? Like if you start to see market shift, Just because fix and flip was our strategy 12 months ago doesn't necessarily mean that's all we focus on now. We're always looking at opportunity through real estate.
0: Right. And I think that's another good point that you brought up there as well, which is, you know, you guys like to focus on the residential side. Right. And I think, you know, maybe touching on some of the benefits as far as, you know, that compared to the commercial markets, is it just that there's more kind of long term demand there as far as it not being able to go away? And not, you know, being, you know, as volatile, as commercial as, you know, we all seen kind of during COVID that kind of took a hit as well. And people are not exactly sure what's going to happen there.
1: Yeah. Well, we always say around here, everybody needs a place to live, whether they're right. going to own it or rent it. Um, our focus right now is the residential under the FHA cap specifically. Um, for those of you that, that don't know, once you get above the FHA cap, you're ability and your, your pool of buyers is much less. So these are your jumbo home loans, your big high-end homes. Um, we, we don't play in that space because we know that if we're going to lend that money out, the risk in lending money is you might have to take a property back. It, it isn't common, um, but you have to look at worst case scenario is like, hey, if we're going to lend this money to this guy and this guy doesn't get this property done and we have to foreclose on it, what are we going to do with that piece of real estate? That's why we don't like the big high-end homes because they're harder to sell. They're more expensive to rehab. You know, you don't have as many people that you can sell them to. They also don't cash flow if you have to rent them. Um, and so we like that space where it's the affordable housing market space. You know, If we can't sell a property, more often than not, you can always go rent it and cash flow it if you got to throw a renter in there and ride out a market. So that's really why we stay in that space. Um, we also like multifamily. Um, we're not in commercial. We're not going to buy a shopping mall or anything like that, or a big business center right now. Companies are remote, you know, and, and yeah, there's talk that they're demanding people to come back, but I've heard horror stories of companies that are like, we demanded it to come back and everybody said they're not coming back. <laughs> So you know, companies are 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 rethinking that. Like the cost of a, a office building when we can do the same business we're doing and people are working remote, is is a real thing. So you know, we like multifamily. Um, we own a twenty two unit apartment complex. We have a duplex project uh, with ten units. Um, so again, it's it's again more of that residential space in nature. Single families up to the four units and. The 22 unit we we own is a small multifamily, but we're always looking for cash flow. Right? Can we sell it and make a profit? Can we cash flow it? That's it. And if the answer is no, then we're not going to invest in it. Um, and like I said, we decided a long time ago we were going to stay in our lane. You you hear horror stories of companies like ours that they try to do everything. We're going to do self storage. We're going to do commercial. We're going to do this, and it's like. I don't know how you possibly are the expert at all those things. Uh, and so we, we joke around here that we stay in our lane and it's worked for us. We've been managing funds for 11 years. Our funds do very well. And our clients that don't want to be hands-on love our funds. You know, they're like, we love this. We get paid. I get mailbox money and I have zero headaches. And for the active people that want to take on some of those challenges, contractors, borrowers, you know, uh, tenants, then we have a a, a active side of our business where we can help them get the funding that they need.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's really cool. You know, kind of being able to, you know, not just help one side, but also help the other side of it. Right. And I like what you brought up about, you know, the reason why you guys like to focus on specific types of properties um, that are, you know, like you mentioned more affordable housing, because I think for people who might not be involved in real estate as much or might not understand it, uh, we'll see it from the outside and maybe be turned off by that. But it, you know, it makes a lot of sense to invest in those types of properties, because like you said, right, when you do have to, you know, under circumstances take them back, they're easier to sell, there's a bigger, uh, bigger market for them, right? You know, with the, uh, with the FHA, uh, the FHA market, and also being able to, uh, cash flow them when you do rent them out versus, you know, a higher end property, uh, there's going to be a smaller market or smaller pool of buyers, like you mentioned, that are even going to be qualified to, uh, to purchase that property out, uh, out from your guys hands. So it's really important for people to kind of understand that when they are investing in, uh, in different funds, different assets to be able to kind of look at this and, and see, you know, the transparency as far as why you're making the decisions you're making and how it's going to benefit them. Yeah, so that's really important there as well. And then as far as just kind of understanding, you know, being able to invest as a passive investor into these funds, I know I think there's a lot of people that uh, will think, you know, that they're only qualified for if they were a certain type of investor, right? I know a lot of uh, these assets, uh, you know, these asset classes and funds out there only require uh, or only allow uh, accredited investors to invest in them. So as far as any qualifications just for your fund specifically, you know, is there any, as far as, you know, minimum qualifications, as far as how much money you have to put in there, you know, what's kind of the, uh, the pool of investors that you guys are looking to, uh, looking to pull from?
1: Well, and you're right, historically, these types of investments were only available to high net worth individuals, they call them accredited investors. So, an accredited investor has to have a million dollars in assets, excluding their primary residence, or they can qualify if they've made $200,000 a year as an individual or three hundred dollars as a married couple for the past two years. Um, and it was that way for a long time. And we have a fund for that. Uh, four years ago, through the JOBS Act, uh, they changed some of those rules. Uh, and we actually jumped all over the opportunity to open up what's called a Regulation A Fund. Uh, and we actually allow unaccredited investors to invest in our funds, uh, and they can actually invest as little as $1,000. You know, we, we're passionate about helping people create financial freedom and wealth for themselves and their families. And we don't believe that people shouldn't have that opportunity available to them just because they don't have a high net worth. Everybody has a goal to have high net worth, Right. But how do these people get to that point if they aren't provided the same opportunities as these high net worth individuals? So our fund, which we call the Circle of Wealth Fund 3, which is on our website at securedinvestmentcorp.com, they can actually invest as little as $1,000, and then they can invest higher dollars, but it has to go in $1,000 increments that fund's been yielding about seven and a half percent returns historically it's a pretty well oiled machine again it's all backed by real estate when you invest in it you're an equity owner and then our other accredited investor fund which hits closer to 10 percent returns that has a fifty thousand dollar buy-in um both funds are set up with a 12-month tie-up period so tie-up periods just are dictating how long you have to be invested and As an investor, if you're out there talking with other operators, you should be asking that, like, how long do I have to leave my money in? I've had clients that call me and said, I invested in this syndication. I never asked them how long my money was tied up and I can't get my money out for five years. It's like, yeah, that's how they, you know, they should be telling you that. Um, But like I tell my investors, you got to own this. You need to do your due diligence. You know, these alternative investments are great opportunities but you're not going to get any guidance from a financial advisor. They're not going to encourage you to do this um, quite honestly, because they don't get paid for it. Um, But do your due diligence. The other big thing that I would tell and encourage people to ask when they're, you know, um, talking with companies like ours um, is ask them if they audit their funds. Um, Your funds should be audited by an outside auditing firm, not somebody within your company these funds typically aren't required to be Um, our circle of wealth fund three is, but our accredited investor fund is not, but we, as an organization, we pay to have a third party come in, which is an outside set of eyes looking at our books. It's really important. I hear a lot of horror stories from people that are like, well, they said they audited it, but it's someone in their accounting team. It's like, I'm sorry, (laughs) that is not auditing books, right? Like you need a third party. So Our funds are fully audited by an outside auditing firm, which is an important question to be asking when people are out there doing their due diligence and trying to make a decision if they're going to invest.
0: Yeah, and I like that, you know, the fund that you guys are working with here is very accessible, right? I think a $1,000 as a buy-in is very accessible for a lot of people, especially if they're looking to get started in real estate, I think for so many people who want to get started in real estate, that's a big challenge for them is that they don't know where to start. Either it's just too high you know, too high of an entry point or there's too much work involved and they have to actually go out there and spend another 40 hours a day doing the flip themselves. So this makes it really accessible to get in the game, see how it goes, and then really start testing as far as what they like to do as far as in real estate. And then start getting the benefits right and start rolling that in because once they start getting the returns they can now reinvest it back into the fund as well
1: oh absolutely and and especially for people that have a 401k maybe they left their previous employer and now they've got this 401k sitting there i'll tell you a story my husband uh two years ago switched jobs um, and he had a very small fifty thousand dollar 401k Um, It was earning negative returns. We waited till it got up to 2%, which we were like, woo, it's it's earning 2%. We took that 401k, we rolled it over to Quest Trust, which is a self-directed custodian. And then we funded a note that we started earning 11% returns on his $50,000 versus 2%. That's kind of a no-brainer. But like you said, a lot of people think they have to have a lot of money to do this. Well, I don't have 50000 or I don't have 100000 which a lot of syndications have a pretty high minimum investment. Most of them are less, not less than $100,000. Um, but for people that either you know have those 401ks or like my son 25, just got a full-time fireman's job. I said, go set up a Roth IRA. It's the best thing you can do. Go get yourself a Roth IRA, seed it with five grand. And he's like, well, where'd I put five grand? Well, you can put it in the fund. Now you're earning seven and a half percent on a Roth IRA that when you take that money out somewhere down the road, 30 years, you're not going to pay any taxes on Um, people have to start somewhere and they don't have to have a large amount of capital to get started. They just have to get started. And once they see that start to snowball, especially if they set that in like a growth mode model, it's shocking run numbers on a five-year investment on five thousand dollars versus having it paid out to you your returns are probably over one percent higher if you set that up to just reinvest
0: right absolutely I think another point in that is that you know starting early right because time' is going to work in your favor or against you right so if you start early especially in the growth mode um, that's only going to compound more as time passes versus waiting where, you know, it's going to work against you in that in that sense. So yeah, so it's really important to start getting educated on these things and start, you know, start taking some action, right? It doesn't take it doesn't take too much, you know, a $1,000 to invest, uh, maybe just start testing it out and just see how it happens. So that's really cool that you guys make it really uh, accessible for people. Yeah. Um And as far as you know, understanding what what is it that you know you and your company does, I think it's really, uh, really important as well for a lot of people who might be a little bit more ambitious, who I uh, actually want to do, uh, start their funds as well. Maybe, you, you know, just investors that want to know what it, what it is that you guys are doing, you know, could you touch on just a little bit, you know, what is it that, you know, you play as far as your role in this? Are you guys kind of like, just from my understanding, just the middle, uh, the middle person between the investors who are providing the funding and also the, uh, the investors who are using that funding to actually, you know work on these real estate projects so is it is that kind of how it works i know there's a lot of people setting up syndications and you know maybe this is a better alternative for them as well
1: so we i i tell people we're a hybrid fund um Mm -hmm. like we were talking about with syndications versus funds you know syndications are a single asset typically they're buying a piece of real estate right they're they're buying a piece of real estate and the whole exit strategy and goal is to sell it down the road and everybody reaps benefits from the profit of it, right? Um, we are, so we take what we do with our funds and, and part of the chat, there's two challenges with managing and raising capital, right? One, you got to raise it and two, you have to deploy it, <laughs> you know? And, and so it's a balancing act. You don't want to raise more money than you can deploy and you don't want to have more deals than you can actually participate in. So we have a hybrid fund, which means that we take the way that we make our fund members money is we take 75% of the balance of the fund. So if you've got a million dollars in there, we're taking 750 grand and we're lending that money out. That's what we call debt. It's a debt fund. We lend money to other real estate investors. So people come to us that are buying real estate as an investment they're looking to buy the property rehab it and we'll give them a short term loan 12 months on average is our loan term and we'll lend them money to go do that we secure the asset by a first lien against the property so the fund makes profit off of origination points off of interest payments paid by those borrowers so all that profit goes into the profit bucket and we do that nationwide The other 25% of the fund balance, and we like having a hybrid because we want multiple streams of income for the fund, we buy real estate in our local market. So the same types of assets that we lend on the single family up to four units, we go buy those kind of properties in our local market. So specifically in Spokane, Washington, and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, we're in the Pacific Northwest. We will only buy assets in our local market. We'll lend nationwide, but we believe strongly that investors should be investing in their local markets. You can manage them easier. So we'll buy some of those types of assets. Um, some of them we buy and sell, and some of them we hold as, as rental products. Um, all that profit goes in the fund. And then for our clients that want their cash flow, we pay their earnings out. For the clients that want to reinvest, they'll always know, hey, this is how much you made this month. And then they can have their earnings actually just rolled back into their equity. So that's how our funds essentially make money. Um, And like I said, we like the hybrid product. You know, we don't, you know, we know that if we say we're gonna, you know, deploy 25% of our capital into real estate and and the market slows down, we could always ramp up the debt side of things and vice versa. So we have a we have a pretty close pulse on our pipelines. You know, we know what our loan officers are working on. We know what our acquisition specialists have in their pipelines as far as properties to purchase. And then as a fund management team, there's three of us. We can make better decisions, you know, that ultimately create more profit for the fund as far as what we're going to participate in.
0: Right. Absolutely. And that's really cool that you guys do both. Right. I think there's some fund managers or there's some uh, just funds out there that are only buying uh, properties themselves but you guys do uh, kind of like a combination like you said like a hybrid where you're lending out that money to other investors who need it and then also purchasing and either flipping or holding them uh yourselves as well so it's really being able to diversify it across the board and now you're even able to kind of open it up in different markets as well because like you said uh you guys are deploying that capital nationwide for investors who uh who may need that uh as well so that's really cool Thanks. well yeah. Now, as far as you know, being able to either on both ends, right? The process of kind of getting started with you know uh, either taking a you know taking funding from from you guys or either investing it. What is kind of like the best way to do it? As far as you know, just going onto your website, maybe some steps or some things they need to prepare. Uh, what are, what does that step or that process look like to either apply for a loan or or invest?
1: Yeah, so for our passive clients that are looking to possibly just deploy some capital, so like we were talking about the funds, um, they can always get more information on our website uh, at securedinvestmentcorp.com. There's a lot of information about our funds, but I also really encourage people to request more information because then they'll get uh, in contact with myself and my team. I have a pretty small team, so we're really hands-on. We all take calls. Um, I think it's important to talk with us first. I mean, they can go to our website and just make an investment, Um, but we're really hands-on here, even though we're a a big company. uh, My team is encouraged to get on the phone with people, even if people want to get on a Zoom call. I kind of like the face-to-face thing. So go to the website, uh, securedinvestmentcorp.com. They can get information about both of our funds. Again, we have our Fund two, which is our accredited investor fund. And then what we call the circle of wealth fund three. They're both managed the same. They're both hybrid. It's just that there's different qualifications to invest in them. Um, If anybody on here is an active real estate investor and they're interested in getting information about uh, the opportunity to get them funding, I would encourage them to go to our other website, which is going to be COGO Capital. It's C-O-G-O Capital. And they can get more information uh, from there about our our box, our credit box, what we lend on. Um, And then they can get connected with what we call a loan analyst and they can help go over their deal and see if um, it's something we might be able to help them get funding
0: for. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that brings up just, I guess, maybe like one last question that, you know, a lot of, I guess, active investors might have. And that's, you know, being able to raise capital with you guys versus, you know, getting like a hard money loan, or maybe their own private money loan. And what are the benefits of doing it through your fund versus, you know, doing it through other means that are out there for active investors?
1: I think the deal flow, you know, and and that's one of the biggest things, you know, I I get calls from guys, you know, that, oh, I'm doing this myself. And six months later, they'll call and say, yeah, I couldn't get my money deployed. I'm just going to park it with you. I think that's the hardest thing is, you know, like I said, you got to raise the capital, then you have to deploy it, you know? So if you're trying to open up a fund, you better be really mindful of where you're going to get your deal flow through. Because if you tell people you're paying them a preferred rate of X, Y, Z, and they're expecting to get paid that and you don't have that money deployed, you're not going to be able to pay that, right? So you're probably going to be end up paying that out of your pocket. Um, So I think the biggest benefit is, you know, rather than trying to just deploy your capital yourself, we have deal flow. Plus we have the infrastructure. We have an underwriting team. We have an in-house counsel. You know, there's a lot of logistics to lending money out. You want to make sure that the person that you're lending this money out to is gonna actually pay you back. We actually had a deal yesterday. We have what we call lender committee. And on the surface, it looked like a great deal. Well, upon further investigation, uh, this individual had some criminal things in his background um, to the tune of money laundering, which he claimed was from many years ago. Uh, And then upon further investigation from our legal, we discovered that the person that they were caught money laundering with 20 years ago was part of his LLC. And it's like, okay, well, if that's in your past, why are you still associated with this person? And there was a lot of hair on it, but you know, a one-off person that doesn't have experience underwriting and looking at legal documents, making sure you have a clear title to actually have a lien against, there's a lot of logistics to that. And I think that's the big benefit is, you know, um, aligning yourself with an operator like us that has been doing this forever, has the team to make sure that, you know, the deals are safe and secure, even if they don't pay, you still got to make sure you have a lien that you can actually foreclose on and take that property back. That's probably one of the other bigger
0: benefits. Right. Absolutely. Well, Heather, I want to thank you again for being here on the show and sharing all this great information with us. I think a lot of people will be benefited by this information, yeah. and uh, they'll definitely be interested to check out uh, Secured Investment Corp uh, and see how they can deploy their capital as well. Uh, Now, as far as anybody who is listening to this or watching this that do want to learn more about uh, either what you do or what your company does, what are some of the best ways, uh, again, to either reach out or to learn more about this?
1: Just go to the website. Like I said, um, on our website, you can actually what there's a button that says request more information. And you can just put your contact information in there and then me and my team will get notified of that. We'll schedule an appointment with you that is the best way. And our phone numbers is on, is on the website too. You can always reach out to us by phone um, and we'd be happy
0: to help you. Awesome. Well, Heather, I want to thank you again for being on the show. And uh, before I let you go here, is there any I guess like last tips or uh, last pieces of value that you want to leave with us here uh, for any investors before, uh, before you let you sign off here?
1: I would just encourage people to take action. You know, you and I talked about that just a minute ago. It's, I think a lot of people are on the sidelines. They know what their goal is. Um, But if you don't take action, it's never going to happen. You know, my hope is that people took from this podcast that you don't have to have large amounts of capital to get started.
0: Right. Absolutely. Well, Heather, I want to thank you again for being on the show. And I want to thank you for tuning in. And I'll see you on the next show. Take care.
1: Thanks, Kobe. Take care. (laughs)